The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing a moving out of home guide. Happy Sunday, guys. You are my favorite people. I hope that the first couple of days of April have been good to you. And I hope that if you had a rough March or a rough ending to March, that April will be better for you. I kind of felt that way as we were leaving February. I was like, thank fuck, February is over. Bring on March. And here we are in April. Time is flying. I'm also a little bit sad today because when this episode comes out, it's the day that Daylight Savings has ended. And it makes me sad because that means I can't do my nightly walks because it gets way too dark, way too early, and I get a little bit scared. And I'm hoping that maybe that means I can finally start waking up more easily and I can actually start walking in the mornings again because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that change from summer into autumn or even that change from daylight savings ending, I really struggle to get out of bed in the morning. And I'm hoping with it ending, I'll be able to be able to get up easier as well. Now on that, obviously a little reminder, it is the start of a new month. And so as always, I want to just share with you, please do a little monthly review. There are prompts that will be up on the Your Safe Space pod Instagram. I'll even put them into the Facebook group and I might even put them on my personal Instagram as well. So they'll be everywhere. Please do them. It will take you five minutes and it's a nice way just to check in, see how you're going, see what you can do to make the next coming month a little bit better for you as well. Now, we usually on a Sunday episode do our highlight gratitude and struggle, but I'm recording this episode a little bit further in advance. I'm coming to you from the past. Uh, The reason for that is I'll be taking a day off at the time of recording next week for my birthday. So I'm going to have the 27th and 28th off, and then I'll be back recording as per normal on the 4th of April. So in this episode, we're not going to have the gratitude, the highlight or the struggle. I still want you to hold space for yours and I still want you to come into the Facebook group to share them with me as well because as I said, every week we do that on a Monday, that post will still go up and I still want to read it because I love reading them. Now, because we're not doing that, I do have two other little things that I want to mention, kind of like little story times or reminders, if you will. I'm doing that just because, yeah, we're not doing the highlight gratitude and struggle. Now, the first one is listen to your body if you need rest. Listen to your body if you feel tired, if you feel drained, if you feel unwell. And you guys probably have been hearing me complain about how sleepy I feel, about how I need a blood test. I haven't actually got the blood test yet. I did go to the doctor on the weekend. I will have the blood test by the time this episode comes out. But I also really do just need a little bit of a break. And that's why I'm going to take a couple of days off. Obviously, I'm going away to Europe in August. So that is kind of like the thing I'm looking forward to, that big holiday that's kind of keeping me going, that anticipation. But given my line of work, the line does really blur between work and life, work and rest, work and everything else. And it's just a gentle reminder to listen. Your body will be telling you before you like hit that burnout, before you hit that exhaustion, that it needs rest, that it needs recovery, that it needs some downtime listen to those whispers. And one of the things that I always try to do is listen to those whispers before it turns into a scream. And this goes for anything, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. 
there are little warning signs that we can be aware of and watch out for. And I always want to come on and kind of set a good example for you guys. If I worked in a corporate job, I would be doing the same thing. If I obviously I work in the job that I work now, I never want you to think, oh, she works herself to the ground. She has no work-life balance. I need to do that too. No, we don't do that here. We're here to enjoy life. We're not here to work and be slaves to our jobs, even if our jobs are really amazing as well. And we're really grateful and really lucky. It's okay to take a break and it's okay to take a rest. I am going to give you another quick little story because this one is just so sweet. And I did post about it on, I think, one of my YouTube videos as well. But I went to Adelaide a couple of weeks back with Jalik and they booked my flight for me. I was on a 7 a.m. flight and I was seated in the window seat, which I love because the window seat is my favorite window seat till I die. There was an empty spot between me and then there was this man in the aisle seat. As I walked in, we're seated in the exit row as well. As I walked in, and I promise this story will make sense in a second, stay with me. But as I walked in, I like gave him a smile, not like it wasn't anything strange. I was just like moving past him to sit down in my chair and the plane took off and I was there like vlogging on my YouTube camera. I was vlogging on my mobile phone and he was watching me and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm working like this is just content. And he's like, what do you do for work? And I went on to explain to him what I do for work. I asked him what he did for work. He was traveling like rurally out to somewhere near Alice Springs, still in Adelaide or South Australia, but closer to Alice Springs than what it was to Adelaide. And he ended up telling me his whole life story. I ended up telling him my whole life story. He was an older man. It wasn't creepy. It wasn't inappropriate. It was just a really like beautiful moment of human connection. And I tell you, I was tired on that flight. I had no sleep and I was, ho I was hoping before I got on the flight that I could sleep on the flight, but we just started chatting and the convo was flowing and I didn't sleep the entire time. We just kept chatting. I almost felt like we were in a vortex we're like, we weren't even on the plane. I cannot explain it, but it was so nice. And the reason I wanted to share that is because it's just a reminder. You never know who you might cross paths with. You never know what story someone may share with you. He gave me so many book recommendations. He shared a lot of his life experience with me and he was quite older. So he had a bit of wisdom there, which was like really nice to hear. And I don't know, it just made my whole day and it just set the mood for the whole day. And so I just want to share that with you guys. Look up. Don't be afraid to smile at a stranger. Don't be afraid to have a conversation. You never know how that might change your day. You never know what you might learn off somebody. And it's just a really nice reminder to stay present and stay in the moment. But on that, I think enough chatting from me. We're going to get into the show. And today's show is going to run like this. We are talking all things moving out of home. I'm going to explain my story and then I'll give you my top tips for moving out of home. I'll also give you your top tips as well because I asked you guys for your help and then we're talking about the things I would do differently if I was to move out again and I'm also going to share what you would do differently too and then we've got some listener questions so it is a juicy jam-packed episode. I don't want to waste any time. We're going to dive right into it. Now <laughs> this episode topic was chosen by you guys in our Facebook group and if you aren't already, come and join us there. You guys have first access to see what's coming up and you can place your votes. And obviously, I love that community so much. Thank you guys for keeping it safe and come and join us because, yeah, it's continually growing and I want to have all of you in there. Before we get into the show, there are a couple of things I want to just quickly outline. I'm not shaming anybody for their living situation. I'm not telling you that you need to move out in this episode. <laughs> I also am fully aware 
that there is a cost of living crisis, that there is a rental crisis, and I know that is that it is really expensive to live at the moment. I also understand that people cannot move out of home for cultural reasons or religious reasons. And this episode is me purely just sharing my experience. I'm doing this because hopefully if, if someone one day searches moving out of home or moving out guide, they can find this episode and it can be of value to them. Even if you have also moved out, you might find something in this episode interesting. So hopefully you can get something out of it too. And lastly, not everybody who leaves home leaves home in a nice way. And if you have left home to escape abuse or conflict or you have been thrown out of home, I'm so sorry. And I want you to check the show notes because I've put in some extra resources if that is you and you're in that situation. Now, I'm going to share with you my moving out story and why I feel qualified to give you this guide. (laughs) Now, I obviously live at home, elephant in the room. You guys know that. I live with my parents and my sister, but I have moved out and lived out of home before. I moved out of home for the first time in 2018. I was 24 at the time and I moved for work. That was, I guess, the reason that I told everybody. I got a job offer. It was interstate. So not only did I move out of home, I moved to an entirely different state away from my family. And looking back now, I can definitely see that I probably moved away for a bit of like running away as like a coping mechanism. Maybe if I was in a healthier place, I don't know if I would have moved at that point, but I was definitely running from a few things in my life at that point. And I thought, wow, this is a great opportunity. I've got nothing tying me here. Let's, let's bloody do it. The thing with this though, was that I had zero notice. I was told a week before that I would be moving, that I got the job and that I had to basically pack my shit and get it together within a week and say goodbye to all the people that I loved. Now, obviously I was moving to Sydney. I wasn't moving internationally. And so I got to say goodbye to some of my friends, say goodbye to some of my family. And I wanted to obviously make sure I could keep coming back while I was there. The other catch 22 with this situation was that I got moved into a hotel. (laughs) Now, it's very weird living in a hotel. It doesn't really feel like home. You don't really get the standard or the typical experience in this situation. And that's because the move was meant to be temporary. And I was only meant to move to Sydney for three months and live in this hotel for three months. So I basically packed whatever I needed into a suitcase, moved into this hotel with the intention that I would be moving back home. That didn't go to plan. I ended up staying in Sydney for a lot longer. And after three months, I rented out my own place. I was living alone in a unit in Sydney. That was the biggest reality check of my fucking life. And after a year there, I ended up moving in with my Sydney ex-boyfriend. And we obviously lived together for a period of time. We also broke up. And then after that, I moved into a apartment with a housemate who I found, I'm pretty sure I'm flatmates. And then after I got a job offer back here in Melbourne, I ended up moving back home. Now you're probably thinking, wow, that's a lot of moves. And so that's why I think I'm qualified guys, because I moved five times over four years. And I think to myself, no wonder I feel like I've got PTSD from fucking moving because it stresses me out. It's not a fun time. I don't enjoy it. And for me, I was very homesick when I left Sydney and coming home was something that I wanted so deeply and something that I knew would make me feel so much joy and feel so happy. So I'm back at home now and I love it. I've got no intentions of moving yet. Obviously, I know it's not forever 
And I've made many mistakes in moving. I've made some like smart decisions in moving as well. And I feel like I've got a wide range of experience. I've lived solo. I've lived with a partner. I've lived with a housemate. And I also live at home now. And I also understand what it's like to move back home. So I feel like I can provide some context in all those areas. Now, I did also poll you guys because I was very shocked, if I'm honest, to see this come up as a topic And I had been asked for it continually and I thought, oh, I'll just put it to the people and you guys voted on it. And it's so niche. And I guess that's why I was so shocked. But I think it's something we all go through at one point in another. Like we will all eventually move out of home. We may move multiple times. And because of that, I wanted to ask you guys for your input. So I asked you what your current living situation was. And 44% of you are living with your parents or your family. 41% of you are living with a partner or a housemate. And 15% of you are living solo. Thinking back now, I probably should have split the partner and the housemate because I would have preferred to see who was living with partners and who was living with housemates. But I wasn't really surprised by those stats. I thought that we would actually have less people living solo. I've got some thoughts on living solo, which we'll get to towards the end of this episode. But before that, I'm going to jump into my top tips and then I'm going to jump into your top tips. And some of these are amazing. So thank you for your input. My first tip is to get clear on why you want to move out first. This means really thinking long and hard about your decision. It means not making a rash decision. It is asking yourself honestly, are you ready to move out of home? Do you have enough money to support yourself? Do you have a safe place to live? Are you maybe feeling the pressure from everybody else around you or from society? Obviously, I did not do this. And depending on your circumstances, you may want to move for a number of reasons. And some of the reasons that people may want to move out for include, you know, wanting to be independent, wanting to move closer to work or potentially moving closer to where you study. I know a lot of people move from like rural regions into like where they're studying at university and things like that. Perhaps you're moving to live with a partner Maybe you're moving because you have conflict in your home, or maybe you have also been asked to leave by your parents as well. This time can be really confusing and can be really scary, but I think if you ask yourself those questions and you really weigh that up, then you'll be able to see if you can kind of actually take the next step and get it out of it just being a dream and turn it into action. The second tip that I have is to make a budget that factors in a potential move And this looks like working out all of your expenses and what you can afford. Things like how much it is to potentially pay for rent. Things like bills. When I talk about bills, I'm talking about electricity, gas, water, internet, phone. Things like groceries. Even something like contents insurance. You've also got other one-off costs. And these are things like your bond. These are removal fees, any removal hires, furniture, homewares, and sometimes you may need some rent in advance as well. And if you can, I also recommend you to practice doing things like putting your money away each week to kind of give you that same feeling that you are paying rent or even practicing in other ways where you start by taking on some more chores at home. Maybe you start by cooking some dinners. Maybe you start by doing your laundry. So you can get a feel for what it is like to take on that responsibility and know that you'll be able to then do that when you are ready to move out as well. My third tip is to find a living situation that's in line with your budget. And this looks like researching areas. It looks like being really honest with yourself about what you can afford. Do you need to live with a housemate? 
because living alone can be really expensive. Maybe you're moving in with your partner. Do you want to be close to the city? Do you want to be out in the suburbs? Ask yourself what you can actually afford and look in those areas. I'll also jump in to say if you are looking for housemates, try flatmates.com. That's where I met my housemate many moons ago in Sydney. And make sure you actually go to lots of inspections as well. Sometimes the photos don't really do the place justice. Go and check out the area and make sure if you are going to be leasing a room in a share house or like subleasing with people that you get the actual cost of the rent and asking them if it's including bills or excluding bills. Because sometimes, especially on flatmates, it'll be clearly displayed. They'll have X amount per week and that'll say inclusive or exclusive. And then you can ask them, what is the average like for the bills here? Just so you can start to budget and so you can prepare yourself for that when the time comes. My fourth tip is to prepare to make the move. And this looks like starting early. And I was so shocked by you guys. I'll get to this in a second, but some of you were preparing from like 15 (laughs) to move out of home. Some of you were collecting stuff two years in advance before you moved out of home. I wish I did that. I unfortunately only had that three month window while I was living in the hotel to kind of mentally prepare, financially prepare, physically prepare. But this looks like buying things secondhand. Depending on where you move to, obviously will depending on what you buy. If you're moving into a share house, there's probably no reason for you to go out and buy a fridge or a washing machine. The other thing I want to add is a Facebook marketplace is amazing. There is no need to buy new things. The only thing that I recommend or the only things I recommend investing in or making sure that they're decent quality are your appliances. And this probably goes for if you're moving out by yourself or if you're moving in with a partner, because things like fridges, washing machines, dryers, any other high cost items, it's very hard to buy them secondhand, especially off like Facebook marketplace and know that they are like quality. There are some places, and I don't know what we've got here in Melbourne, but one place in Sydney, I think it was called like Harvey, Harvey World Seconds. I think it's like a subsidiary of Harvey Norman, where basically they had all of these appliances marked down because like they were scratched or dented. And I remember at the time when I was moving in with my ex in Sydney, I bought a fridge from there and the fridge was like a $4,000 fridge, but we got it for $600 because it had been scratched or dented and it had like a big dent on the side. It still worked perfectly. To this day, I've still got that fridge in my house right now and it's working fine, but it just shows that when you invest in things like that, you don't have to go and buy them again. Everything else though, secondhand. Obviously, if you are moving solo or with a partner, you can also have people in your life give you some things as well. And that looks like, I don't know, cutlery, plates. Sometimes they might gift you them depending on like your personal circumstances too. The other thing I will mention is setting everything up before you move in. Connecting the electricity, connecting the gas, connecting the internet, hiring a removalist. There's also a moving checklist, which I'm not going to go through in this episode, but I will put it into the show notes. It's on the Money Smart website. It's a government website and their moving checklist is very thorough. So I'll pop that in there. If you are moving, give that a look through. It helps you just keep everything quite organized and helps you check it off as you go. And then my last tip is to communicate. And this goes for your family or your current living situation, whatever situation you're leaving, and any housemates or partners that you are moving into. Reassuring your parents that you will visit them, talking talking it through with them before this happens, letting them know that that's what you want to do. Obviously, most parents are happy for you to become independent. Most parents are happy for you to go and like live your life and chase your dreams and 
live, you know, independently, you want to keep the communication good and healthy. You want to leave on like a high note. And the same goes for housemates. Set ground rules before you move in. Be open about the ground rules. Be open with each other. Respect each other's opinions. Know that it's okay to like navigate that first few, I'm going to say like weeks and months living with someone. It is very strange when you move into a place with someone that you haven't lived before. Living out of home, especially for the first time, has a lot of surprises, has a lot of challenges. And I truly believe that most of the time it can be solved with good communication. Now, you guys gave me some of your top tips and these are fab. So we're going to go into them. The first one, if moving out with housemates, buy your own furniture because it gets messy at the end, splitting things. I definitely agree with that one. It helps keep the line of demarcation nice and clear. This is something I do as well. Create a new email for any expenses related to the move so they all get sent to the same place. Absolutely. My property that I bought has its own email address. All the bills get sent there. All the invoices get sent there. The rates get sent there. Anything to do with that property gets sent there. And it's nice because it's all in one spot and I don't have to worry about searching through all my other emails to try and find it. I love this one. We have a joint account for rent, expenses and bills. And it's a percentage of our weekly pay. And that was sent in by a listener who is in a relationship and lives with her boyfriend. Make sure you see your parents regularly. I love that one. Plan your meals before you go grocery shopping so you don't buy takeout all the time. Absolutely. I will say if you live solo, make sure that you do something like meal prep or even like meal delivery services. Sorry, not meal delivery services, like cook at home kits, things like, what do you call it? HelloFresh, Dinnerly, Every Plate. I don't know what ones are out there now. Even like those prepackaged meals. I used to do U Foods as well when I lived solo in Sydney because the world is not designed for solo people to live solo and cook solo. It's very hard to go and buy enough food just to cook one meal for one person. A lot of the time you might be cooking things, for me anyway, and then you'd end up in like leftover hell where you just ate the same thing for like days because you couldn't just cook for one person. So I found those like meal services a little bit better for me. The next one, shop for groceries at Aldi. I still do this to this day. It is a lot cheaper. I love this one. Find a partner who has moved 20 times already and has it down pat. (laughs) Color code your boxes and rooms for the move. 100% agree with that one. Even if you can't color code it, label everything really clearly so that when you're unpacking, it works and it's a little bit more efficient. Go over the rules and chores with your new housemate before moving in. 100% do that before you move in, not while you're moving in. Buy only what you genuinely need. Kmart and Ikea are great to grab cheap items from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's always stuff from Ikea on Facebook Marketplace. I'm pretty sure I bought a couch. I'm pretty sure I bought my dining table from there. I'm pretty sure I bought the dining chairs from there at the time. So definitely recommend that as well. Accumulate stuff over time if you have the time. We spent two years collecting. When I still lived at home, I would put aside money to save and get ready to move out and budget. Now, guys, obviously, there's so many more tips There were heaps that got sent through. A lot of them were repeat. Please come into the Facebook group though because there will be a post up for this and I want you guys to share them in there. Now, this part of the show is a very juicy part because these are the things that I would do differently if I was to move out of home again and what you would do differently. I only have two points here and then the rest of them are yours. Now, my first one is I was not prepared and it's not a regret, but I think I probably could have prepared a lot more. And because I wasn't prepared, it was very costly. 
And I obviously didn't have the luxury of preparing given my circumstances, but if I had my time again, and when I am ready to start thinking about that again, I will start preparing. Now, some of you, after I explained that fridge situation might be like, why did she move the fridge back? And for me, it wasn't that expensive when I moved from Sydney back to Melbourne. Moving interstate, I feel like can be quite costly, but it's not as expensive as what people think. So I ended up selling a lot of like the bulky items, like the dining table, the couch, the chairs, things like that. But I kept everything else. I kept my washing machine. I kept my fridge. I kept my TV. I kept my like TV cabinet, all my plates, all my cutlery, all the like homeware stuff. And I think it cost me like, I don't know, 500-ish dollars to move it from Sydney to Melbourne because you basically pay for a cubic meter or cubic meters on the truck. And there's all these other people's stuff in there as well. So my delivery driver, my delivery driver, my removalist came and picked up my stuff that morning. Then they went to a couple of other people in Sydney and then they drove the whole truck back down to um, Melbourne. Now, the reason I wanted to mention that is because obviously when I am ready to move, I've already now got those items. I'll still have to buy things like a table or a couch or things like that, but I will prepare in advance the next time and try to not have it be just one big lump sum cost because that really hurts the bank account as well. And then my second point would be pick your housemates wisely. And it's probably not the best thing to move in with your boyfriend of six months or to move in with that housemate who gave you bad vibes. Trust your gut. I had my gut telling me not to do either of those things and I didn't listen. My gut gave me an intuition warning and I did not listen. And obviously both of those living arrangements did not serve me and were not good for me. And knowing what I know now, I would listen to that gut instinct next time. Now, here are yours. These are so good. We have the most self-aware people in your safe space. And I don't know why I'm surprised I'm not, but these are really good. The first one, I wouldn't have been in such a hurry and stayed with my parents longer. I would have had a better emergency fund or expenses buffer. I would have given my parents more warning. I was way too keen to be independent. I regret moving out so early and buying my house. It's a big struggle financially for me right now. This person in capital letters, don't move in with friends. I never lived with a friend, but I can see why that would be a bad idea. Take some time to adjust to the new space. It will feel very weird at first. And that is some solid advice. It feels so weird to like move from one setting where you know and have lived your whole life into a totally new one with potentially someone for the first time. It takes time to adjust. Add things to make it feel like a home. Photos, frames, etc. I have no regrets. Only do what is in your capacity. This one hit me hard. Don't live alone unless you think you are actually ready. I thought I was, but it proved to be very lonely. And I was talking about this to my best friend because she lives alone. And I lived alone for nearly three months in the hotel and then another year by myself. So it was like almost a year and a half. I was so lonely living by myself. And I also feel like living by yourself is a bit of a scam. Yes, there are some really good things to it. And yes, I loved my space and I loved my lifestyle, but I was so lonely to the point that I ended up getting a bloody dog because I couldn't just sit with the silence. And I probably wasn't ready to live alone then. I probably should have moved in with a housemate then, but I thought, oh, I've got to like live by myself. I've got to prove that I'm independent to the society and to everyone in my world when really I was just the unhappy one on the inside. And so I think there's something there 
that speaks the truth. Don't live alone unless you are truly actually ready for it. Buy good quality always. The poor man pays twice. Fucking love that one. Again, I think there are some things that you can buy secondhand, other things that I wouldn't buy secondhand. This one was sweet. I would have moved out and stayed closer to my family. I moved one hour away from them and I hardly saw them, which made it even harder for me. I moved out with my ex-boyfriend who I intuitively knew I didn't want to move in with. And the fact that listener wrote ex-boyfriend shows me that they broke up, guys. Don't rush it. I wanted to live with my boyfriend so badly. I missed my family dog's last few years. That makes me want to cry. (laughs) I wish I cherished the mundane things like grocery shopping and having days off with mum and dad. Paint your house before the move. That's a very niche one, but thank you to that listener. Don't move in with your partner of four months. Did I write that? No, a listener wrote that, but same, sis. And the last one, save, save, save before you move. Now, obviously, guys, I did move back home in March of 2021, and I am so deeply grateful for that. I know that not everybody has the luxury to do that. I also get a bit of hate about that. It's so odd. I get comments being like, oh, she's 30 and she still lives at home or, oh, she still lives at home. Why is she still living at home? And I know that it's not for everyone. I know that it's not possible. And I know that I'm so incredibly privileged to be in that circumstance. And I'll answer in the listener questions how it's helped me and what kind of that has allowed me to do thanks to my parents. But let's dive into those listener questions. The first one. What conversations should you have with your partner before moving in? And this is a loaded question because all of them, really, there are so many things to consider, but ultimately I think this is more about the communication piece. It's making sure you guys are on the same page about why you want to move in together. It's asking yourself and then asking each other, why do you want to move in together? Make sure it is beneficial to the relationship and make sure you are both ready and on the same page. At the time when I moved in with my ex in Sydney, his lease had ended. He was living by himself. My lease had ended. I was living by myself. We would always spend either time at mine or time at his. And it just was convenient for us to move in. Was it beneficial to the relationship? I don't know. Was it the right time? I don't know. Probably not. But it was convenient. And I don't think that that's always the best reason to move in with a partner. So making sure you're on the same page and making sure you are both ready. I know in some circumstances, you might not feel ready. You might feel pressured by your partner. It's okay to take your time. You don't have to rush to move in if you don't feel like you want to. Then once you are on the same page, once you have agreed to it, before you move, you need to get into the nitty gritty. And these are things like discussing money, discussing splitting expenses, splitting chores, your individual routines. You want to know that you have a rough idea for how it's going to look. And ultimately, by having this conversation, you want to make sure that you can just have the conversation. If this conversation is really hard or difficult for you to have, or your partner is not giving you that space and time and energy, then I would say the communication probably needs a little bit of work first before you start to step into that next chapter together. I also don't think if you can't have that conversation, it means the relationship is doomed. No. You probably just need a little bit more time. You probably just need to be on the same page and talk it out a little bit more. But good luck to this listener. It is an exciting chapter. As I said, give it time. 
It can take time to get to that point where you're ready to move in together. And it can also take time once you move in together to get used to living with each other. But over time, I know that you can figure out your own rhythm. You can learn to make it a home together and you can get used to living in that space as one. Question number two, do you have any tips for not regretting all the money I'm paying on rent? And yes, I feel this as a renter for four years in Sydney, I can empathize. And I feel like this stems from like that society view and it's changing now. Thank goodness for that. But there was this view years ago where people would say rent money is dead money. And that's fucking bullshit because it's not. That's a very privileged old mentality. Being able to afford to pay rent is often the only option for some people. Given how hard it is to enter the property market at the moment, given the ongoing housing affordability crisis, I also read a quote in one of the research articles I read, which I'm going to read out to you. Rent is no more dead money than paying interest on a mortgage, which is true. Being in both sides, obviously, I understand there are pros and cons to renting. There are pros and cons to owning your own property as well. But I truly think it's about, for you anyway, changing the narrative you're telling yourself. And as I said, the narrative in society has been changing. She's on the Money, a podcast that I love and listen to, have done a very good job of this. They have really, I guess, shown why renting is so good and what it allows people to do. And I'm going to touch on some of those things. Renting allows you to put a roof over your head. Renting allows you flexibility to live and move wherever you want to. If you are paying your rent in, week out, week in, pat yourself on the back. It's expensive. It's hard, but you were doing that. You were achieving something. Renters also aren't responsible for any issues or repairs or emergencies at the property. And owning a home is not everything. I understand it is painted as the big Australian dream. But if you're worried about that and worried about not owning a home for the financial future of yourself, owning a home is not the only way to secure your financial future. And this is another episode completely separate to this, which I will put up in a poll in the coming weeks so that we can get into it. But this looks like investing in other ways. So yes, still renting, but maybe it's investing in your super, investing in shares, investing in other assets that can still give you that financial security. I also want to share with you guys a very quick study, which was done by EY. This was so fascinating. They ran a study on renting versus buying based on data from the past two decades. In the model, there were two home seekers. Both of them were given the exact same starting capital. So they were given the same amount of money. One invested in home ownership with the other renting a similar house in the same location while also purchasing an ASX200 index fund. The performance of their combined housing and investment choices over time were then compared. It revealed that the renters maintained a leverage investment in the ASX 200 were actually better off than those who owned the property and did not invest in the same area. Now, I know not everybody wants to invest, but I wanted to mention that because if you are worried about not owning a home and that is causing you stress, there are some other things that you can do, as I said, to secure your financial future. And good luck. I'm proud of you. You're not wasting money and you shouldn't be regretting money for paying rent. It is really hard out there at the moment and you're doing a brilliant job. So please don't discredit yourself. And then our last question, which is the one that I've been waiting for, but thoughts on living at home to save money for a house deposit. 
And I think it's no surprise, but I am all for it. If you are in a position to be able to do this, and I know not everybody can, as I mentioned before, I also know it comes at a cost, especially if you have moved out and then you have to move back in. But if it helps you achieve something that you want to achieve, like buying a home, and that is a goal of yours, why wouldn't you do it? I know that there is a lot of stigmatizing around living at home, especially living at home later in age, especially moving back home. And I don't know why it exists. I don't know why there is judgment there. I think everyone's living situation is so deeply personal. And this economy is fucking wild, guys. For a lot of people, it's the only way to achieve home ownership. For a lot of people, it's the only way for them to get into the property market. And for some context, when I first moved back to Melbourne in 2021, I was still paying rent in Sydney. My housemate in Sydney did not want to break the lease. We both co-signed it. And she wanted to stay there despite me having all of the furniture in there. I also gave her like months notice. I gave her like three months notice before I moved saying, I've got to move by this date. I'm happy to try and find somewhere else for you to live. I'm happy to cover any removalist costs for you. I need to break the lease on, you know, March 20 or whatever it was. She didn't want to do that. She wanted to find somebody to move into my room and she wanted to buy furniture for the place, whatever. We agreed to do that. So I was still paying rent while we were trying to find a housemate to take over my apartment or take over my room in the apartment. I was still paying rent in Sydney despite living in Melbourne for three more months. I stopped paying rent in Sydney at the end of June or the start of July of 2021. I was so grateful that I was able to firstly move back in with my parents because I was not in a position to be able to be paying rent in Sydney and rent in Melbourne. That probably would have crippled me financially. After I had obviously stopped paying rent, at the same time, I was still saving for my house deposit. I'd been saving for my house deposit for about three years at that point or two and a half years. And I realized that I could buy a property and potentially move into that if I just stay at home. There would be no point in me looking to rent and then trying to buy a property. And so that's what I ended up doing. I was ready to buy a property by like September that year. I ended up buying it in February. And then thankfully, I'm still there now. My parents let me still live there now. And there's probably a cultural element there, which I'll get to in a second. But if my parents didn't let me live there, there would be no way right now that I could be affording a renovation and paying my mortgage and paying rent somewhere. Like that would be physically impossible. And so obviously I'm so incredibly grateful. If you come from an ethnic background, my parents are Greek and Italian. My dad's Greek. My mom's Italian. You will know that in these cultures, you also don't typically move out of home unless you're married. Your parents are always happy to have you at home. And I think that can often be misjudged or misread by others too. And I'm very grateful that I do have that situation. And I guess I just wanted to vocalize that in case you still live at home, in case you have moved back home, in case you have been in a situation like I've been in, it's okay. Fuck what people think, right? Your living situation only needs to make sense to you. If it makes sense to your bank account, if it makes sense to you, that's all that matters. I know it can be hard to hear the chatter from other people, but as someone who actually gets hate comments about it, I don't let it bother me. I can still put my head on my pillow at night and go to sleep. And I hope that you can do the same. If anything, if you are able to live at home and save money for your house deposit or be able to renovate something or be able to get your foot in the property market, pay lots of gratitude to your parents. Help them out. 
And that's why I'll pay for the groceries. I pay for my bills. My parents refuse to take rent money from me, but I do try to like pull my weight around the house and like do things to show them that I am grateful and to show them that I'm not just going to like mooch off them (laughs) as a fully grown adult. I understand that things cost money. I understand that life is expensive and I do pull my weight in a different way. And I'm so incredibly grateful and I am 100% for it. So if you need to do that, there's no shame in it. If you need to do it, go do it. And hopefully you can enter the property market sooner rather than later. But guys, we can wrap the show here. I hope you have a great week ahead. I hope that something amazing happens to you. I'll be back recording in a couple of days in real time so I can get back into some weekly highlights and gratitudes and let you know what's going on in my world. As always, if you are not already, please follow us on Instagram, Your Safe Space Pod. Please join the Facebook group, Your Safe Space Pod community. Please follow me at Adele Marie and leave us a rating on Spotify, a review on Apple, and tell somebody that you love this podcast. Word of mouth goes a lot further than anything else. Share it on your story. Tell someone you like it. And I will see you guys next time. Have the best time. Bye. Bye.